0: West Virginia University is a renowned Research One institution with over 200 graduate and professional programs to choose from. Find more information about how you can explore your passion at graduateadmissions.wvu.edu. Welcome to GradLife 601 Research and Beyond, a podcast supported by West Virginia University's Provost's Office of Graduate Education and Life. I'm your host, Dr. Nancy Coronia, a teaching associate professor with the Department of English at WVU. Today I'll be speaking with Dr. Karina Lely Menking-Hogut, a postdoc here at WVU with the Department of Forensic and Investigative Science. Karina earned her BS in chemistry from West Virginia State University in 2009. She worked as a clinical laboratory technician for cytology and microbiology labs until she came to WVU for graduate studies, where she has now earned both an MS and a PhD in forensic and investigative science. As a non-traditional student, Karina embodies the spirit of curiosity, accountability, service, and appreciation that makes her a true Mountaineer. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today, Karina. It's my pleasure. I thought we'd dive right into our conversation and start from where you earned that BA in 2009. You waited to go to grad school. Could you speak to us about the advantage of waiting and starting grad school later on?
1: Yes. So there were multiple reasons. I'll start with, I was tired. I worked full time when I was going through my undergraduate degree and I did not have enough time to study for the MCAT or the GRE at the time. So taking a little break in between there really helped to give me time to kind of recuperate and focus on my studies. I felt like if I tried to take the test immediately without going through some um those like educational books to help guide you through your standardized testing, I wouldn't have had a score that reflected my actual aptitude. So I took a little extra time, um, just continued working for LabCorp at the time. And since it was a really steady job, you know, I wasn't demanded that I work overtime every day. Uh, I have plenty of time for myself and I could yeah. study. I could also, you know, get back my life a little, like start exercising again, cooking, um, I met my husband around, well, my husband to be around the time too. Um, so that might have like slowed it down some, but at the same time, I felt like I really matured both in uh, the studying that I was doing for the continuing education and as a person, you know, I was working in the field at the time and getting good life experience. So It gave me time to understand what kind of worker I wanted to be and where I wanted to go in the future and also get my life back a little after, you know, the five years that I had my undergrad took me.
0: Thank you, Karina. This, I think, is so important for graduate students, especially those who go right from undergraduate studies to graduate studies. They often don't realize or don't understand how to create a work-life balance. So you're saying that you felt that 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 time between undergraduate and graduate school gave you time to understand what a work-life or a life-work balance might look like.
1: Yes. And that is a very interesting point for you to make. Um, I see a lot of the students here, some are non-traditional, well, fewer are non-traditional like myself. But the, the ones that are older and come back, I don't see them struggling as much with the increase of graduate school workload, they don't drop out. I've seen people going straight from their undergrad to a graduate degree, not make it. And it's, it's sad, but you have to remember your mental health. And it was very important that I figured that out too. I probably would have been burned out if I tried to push myself through. So I don't regret at all waiting. So
0: let me ask you another question along those lines. You chose to stay in West Virginia and you attended West Virginia State University as an undergraduate, our historically HBCU. Can you talk a little bit about that transition from a historically black college to West Virginia University in the graduate program and why you chose to
1: stay in West Virginia? Well, the transition was simple. I mean, it's the same system in both schools. So it was kind of like I already went to WVU, um, they have very similar administrative processes. So applying for or uh, not applying, um, advising through your classes, choosing your schedules, the software that you use—that was all simple for me. Now the environment itself also very easy to transition from here to there. Very high quality educations, uh, passionate teachers. There is something about the land-grant institution schools, the teachers that work for them, it's more than just a job. They truly care about their students and they want their students to succeed. I still work with my alma mater. Thankfully, they reach out to me because they've heard of my success here at WVU. And I get to go back there and talk to them and tell them about my experience and how going on in graduate school is not hard. You can do it. It just takes a lot of work and motivation, but passion, that's really what you need is passion.
0: (laughs) That's so nice to hear about that your professors across the board from West Virginia State University to WVU, that you feel this connection and commitment from the faculty to help you succeed. So can you talk a little bit, because part of your understanding of that might come from being an oldest sibling, um, and that you understand what it means to sort of facilitate and lead herding cats or herding siblings. That are, um, can you talk a little bit about how that um, has helped you to take leadership roles in your research um, be, before your postdoc, which you have now, but during your PhD program, especially?
1: Honestly, as an oldest child, you don't even notice that you're the leader. I mean, you have people telling you that. You're they look up to you and you're the role model, but you fall into these leadership positions without ever realizing it. And that was the same case as when I came to the research group that I have. It I, I just looked around. Well, I'm obviously older than most of the students I work with. So that kind of helped with them looking up to me and seeing me more as like an adult figure, but at the same time, you know, we're in this together. We do the work together. And as a sister and as a mentor research work or a research assistant here, I work with them hand in hand. I'm not here to delegate everything and tell them what to do. As just like when I was teaching my brother and sister when they were younger, I'm doing the same with these students too. And also patience, you know, being the eldest, you learned patience and you learn patience that you can have and you can take on so when you're under uh when you're advising your undergraduate and graduate students too so that's i think a big thing i didn't realize i was a leader it just kind of happened naturally
0: do you think that that's the reason why west virginia state university asks you back again and again that it's
1: sort of an innate quality that you have within yes yourself? and time and time again i hear people tell me my passion just shows through. And everything I talk about, the research that I do, the groups that I try to mentor, they can't deny it. There's passion. I love what I do. And I want other people to love what they do too. Can
0: you talk a little bit about the research that you're doing now in your postdoc?
1: Yes. So fortunately, I didn't have to change gears completely. It's very tied to the foundational work that I did for my dissertation. So I studied gunshot residue um, as trace evidence. And here recently, we've started to like move into these modern ammunitions that are lead free or heavy metal free, which is very different from the ammunitions that we studied back when we first started studying gunshot residue. So now we have to kind of update the types of elements and compounds that we see. Can we introduce faster techniques, Um, can we introduce multiple techniques to get better confirmation? And so what we developed in our research group was a screening method because the current method of analysis takes days and like almost weeks to report it because the interpretation is so difficult. So we tried to come up, well, we successfully came up with a rapid screening method using two instruments, uh, laser induced breakdown spectroscopy, it's short libs, very new technique. Hasn't really come into the commercial sector until recently. So now it's being looked at by the forensic community and then a tried and true method called electrochemistry. And the reason we incorporated that is we can look at more elements and compounds than what we're currently looking at now. And so we've helped to develop these screening methods But hopefully reduce the amount of evidence that they're submitting for confirmation so that we can free up the backlogs of the laboratories, but also do on-site testing because all of these instruments could be made portable and some are available on the market already. And when it comes to gunshot residue, it, it is created during a firing event. And so this is a huge public safety risk. If we have somebody that's out there, a suspect that could be a danger to society or themselves. The faster we can find them and get them off the streets and get them the help that they need, the safer everyone will be. So that's kind of the thought process behind the big picture.
0: Thank you, Karina. So my question to you is because I love police procedurals like law and order, I'm a little hooked, but I also know that they have unrealistic sort of procedurals, the way that they find things like that. So, can you speak for our audience who may not understand, like, what fast is? Um, yes, so what's the idea behind these techniques that you're helping to create and get out in the world, and how how does it how does it mirror what happens in a police procedural? And what's the reality behind
1: what has to be done? So, I, I love this question. Um, it's called the CSI effect. They oh, see okay. all these amazing techniques on. TV, and they're like, oh, why can't you just turn around and have results and tell me what that white powder is or what that uh, stain that is on the floor is? It, it's really, there is a gap. The, the speed that they do analysis is not what you see on TV. But I would say our technique is as close to that as possible. With the two techniques together, it takes five minutes to get results. And so this is really starting to bridge that what you all think we can do and what we actually can do. And it's a very important part of research. We do need to make it faster. For DNA analysis, it has come a long way, too. It's expensive, though. So the expense could only be put on counties or states with more resources. But it's possible, and we are getting there. Like I said, the current confirmatory technique for gunshot residue takes weeks, and that's, of course, not what we see on TV. But we can shorten that time using screening methods. You still do need to confirm your samples, though. Thanks, Karina. That's such insightful information.
0: Let's take a break, a moment to hear from WVU's Provost's Office of Graduate Education and Life.
1: The Office of Graduate Education and Life is calling all doctoral students who would like to challenge themselves in competing in the 2022 three-minute thesis competition to submit their videos by February 18th. Cash prizes
0: are awaiting. Welcome back to Grad Life 601 Research and Beyond. I'm Dr. Nancy Coronia, and I'm speaking with Dr. Karina Lely manking Hoggett. We're going to take a turn here. I'm fascinated by your research, but I'd like to ask you about grad school and what you wish you'd known at the beginning of your grad career that you had to learn through trial and error.
1: Of course, there's a lot of things I wish I would have known. (laughs) But the one thing that I find that helped me to be the most successful was, like I said before, making sure that you're very passionate about what you're doing because you need that passion to get you through those hard parts. Research, it's not gonna go smoothly. You're gonna run into bumps in the roads. You're gonna have to change experimental designs based on results. Sometimes you're gonna go in the lab and nothing works. And that's just the way it is. So you have to love what you do and you have to keep your eye on what is the end goal. And I try to tell my students that my fellow graduate students and research assistants that remember to always love what you do. Yes, some days you're not going to like it very much, but you have to enjoy it at the fundamental level. And the other little thing was try to experience as much as possible. Don't just become bogged down in your research. As a graduate student, you're a graduate student, you're a mentor, you're a mentee, You're taking classes. You're doing research. You're making your budgets and purchasing supplies. So experience as much as you can and make connections with your fellow researchers and students. Okay.
0: Thanks, Karina. Could you could you speak a little bit about what your favorite part of graduate school was or is? Uh, You're in a post. You're outside of graduate school, but you're still in the atmosphere of
1: here. So in graduate school. I really like how you get to think outside the box and you get to have new and cutting edge ideas. And then you get to test those ideas and put them through your experimental rigors to see what works and what doesn't. But the sky's the limit. If you can come up with a good idea and a good way to test something, go for it. Find out if it works or if it doesn't. Thank you, Karina. Do you... So what
0: do you find the most fulfilling about the research that you're doing now?
1: The research I'm doing now is absolutely exciting to me. I started this project almost five years ago, and it was just my primary investigator's idea. Let's try something. And I took that idea and I I put it through experimental designs, uh, made different types of methods for it and really polished it up. But it was just the concept at that point. But now, years down the road, I'm working with crime laboratories who are interested in implementing this method. So seeing something from concept to application, I just couldn't say no to a postdoc to continue it. I wanted, I want to see this used in the field because that to me is the most fulfilling part of research is when your concept is useful.
0: That is fabulous. So once once you're finished with this postdoc and once you see this out in the field,
1: where do you want to be after this? That is a tough question. I wish I could say I had a concrete step A, B, C. This is where I'm going to be. Um, But forensic PhD students, there's not many of us out there. Usually they're forensic chemistry or forensic biology or just chemistry and biology. Somebody trained the way I am is is very new, Uh, maybe a few dozen. I don't know the exact number. There's only two schools that have PhD programs in forensics. So I know big picture, I want to be doing something that is assisting with the quality of forensic science in the country, whether that's as a teaching position working with students who will then go into the field and providing them high quality education, or if it's working in research or policy and procedure to make sure that the forensic science research and the standards we're using are the quality that we need to present our results in court. So there's not an exact answer. I just know I do wanna help continue improving forensic science.
0: That's amazing. Thanks, Karina. And that makes total sense to me. Do you think that you want to stay in West Virginia? I know that you love West Virginia. So can you talk a little bit about if you think that that yeah. is keep you here or if it's going to take you somewhere else?
1: The job market cannot really support me. The There's one crime laboratory in West Virginia and they don't do a, a ton of hiring. I am very happy to say they hire a lot of our master's students, too, recently, have been hired by them. Um, but my place as a PhD student, or uh, I'm sorry, with a PhD, there's n- I'm not the right niche for this crime lab. Maybe in the future, if they expand, I could come back. And then my only other teaching option is here at WVU in the same department I'm working for. Now there is a possibility they could you know find something reach out to me in the future if they have a position for me but it's just very hard to employ someone with my very specific es- expertise um so yeah but I would like to I really I I'm trying I'm keeping an eye out for jobs that might fit what I wanna do, but the only other place you can teach forensics is down at Marshall University. And they do not have my specialty. They are strictly DNA specialties. So I, I'm not as trained in that area.
0: No, that, make, that make, and that makes sense. And what you're saying about it's a new program. And right. so right now, what's exciting about that, Karina, is that maybe doors are opening. Exactly, and and we don't even know what the doors are. And you're doing all this cutting edge
1: research, which is so fabulous. And yeah, I'm only the fifth person to graduate from the PhD program here.
0: Oh, I didn't realize
1: that. Yeah,
0: has the program been everything that you wanted it to be?
1: Oh yes, it has. It's been wonderful. I love the faculty. They're all as passionate as the faculty was at West Virginia State University. So knowledgeable. And the sky's the limit here. You have discipline or you have teachers in disciplines from all over forensics. So trace evidence, toxicology, drugs, arson and explosives, firearms, footwear impressions. Like you, you can do any research you want here because somebody has that skill.
0: That is so exciting. Can I ask you a question about applying to graduate school? What pointers would you give graduate students as they, you know, potential graduate students as they're applying for programs to make sure that they're optimizing their opportunities and making choices that serve them? It seems to me like you were very careful. You switched from chemistry into forensic science. So I think um, potential grad students would love to hear about that journey and how you made those decisions.
1: Yeah, I did not have a forensics program at State, so I searched, what do you do if you don't have a forensics program? Because I always planned on going back to school, no matter the break or not, I knew I would return. And they said, if you want to work in forensics and you want to go on for higher degrees, just pick a base science, something STEM-related biology, chemistry, physics, statistics, now computer science, something. And i just loved chemistry. I really enjoyed it. And the instrumentation that you use in chemistry is supplemental to trace evidence analysis. Actually, most of our group is chemistry majors, not forensics majors. And the other thing is experience things. Make sure you're going, no, well, Yes, internships are great, maybe job shadowing, but do the work for a while. Make sure you know that you want to go into a lab every day and run 600 samples and that's good for you or that you want to go into a crime scene and spend 8 hours collecting evidence because that you're you're taking a chance if you don't really know if you can handle how hard the work is. And I just want to use an example. I had a student. We they all have to do internships between their junior and senior year for the forensic undergrad. And she got a crime scene examiner internship, saw her first dead body and said, I'm not doing this. I refuse. I'm I can't I'm not cut out for it. And she didn't like lab work either. She was a a examiner track. So that's like your uh, crime scene examiners. But she only had two semesters left. So she was like, what do I do? I was like, well, you have a lot of forensics knowledge that can help a lot of people. And so she finished the degree out because she didn't have to see any more dead bodies after that. She was fine. And she now is a consultant for a law firm for forensics. So she helps them understand the science because she still had all of the science background. So make sure you're not just taking classes that you know the work that you're getting into. And I would say that for any degree.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, Karina, that I think a lot of students don't quite understand. We've had the same thing happen in, in the Department of English. We have mm-hmm. secondary ed students, and they get into the classroom and go, oh, no, 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 no. This is, I no, I thought this was going to be different. And it's better for them to find out early mm-hmm. on than to find themselves in a job where they're unhappy. I think, yeah. I think you're right on the money. Yeah. So, so I want to ask you one more question. What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Yes. What well, are some of your favorite things in West Virginia to do?
1: Oh, enjoy the nature here. It is beautiful. I try to go and rent a boat at least once a summer with a few of my friends to just spend the day outside on the lake. Cooper's Rock. Uh, I would always go hiking down in Charleston. We had a lot of great Uh, national forests and state forests. And I also have tried to find ways to like things that I have to do like cooking. So you have to eat and it's very important. You cook and learn how to cook. So I tried new recipes. I asked my husband, what would you like me to try? And I've really come to enjoy cooking because it's kind of like chemistry that you can eat when you're done And you can have really cool tools um, to try new recipes, try fancy new dishes. So I have like an Instapot, a cast iron, a lot of pans, um, lots of delicious things that I've made over the years, which also I make a lot, bring here, and everybody loves you more if you feed them. (laughs) And then little things like I love to read. I like puzzles. uh, Spending time with my cats. Just watching TV, just letting your mind relax after a day full of research and headaches. And yeah, family, friends, a little alone time is important too. So I have to ask
0: you, when you said television, do you watch police procedurals or do they make you
1: crazy? I used to, and now they just make me crazy. (laughs) They really do. I'm like, well, it's actually started even before I, I... Began forensics when I was w- working in um, clinical laboratories. People would just start hounding me for results. And I'm like, that's not how fast this goes. Please, I will tell you when the results are put in. And more and more, I just kind of like moved away from them. So I like more sci fi, science fiction, uh, dramas. I do like some like true crime aspects, but I do find myself getting very frustrated when I'm like, why didn't you do this? So I go to visit my aunt sometimes and we're watching those together. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't have done that. And they're like, what? And then I have to explain to them, that's not how that works. It's, thank
0: you for saying that, Greta. I I totally understand that, that it can be hard once you are in the inside to actually enjoy something even if you understand it's a fiction. It can, it can be so hard. Please don't yell at your little technicians, (laughs) they're trying. Thank you for a great conversation, Karina. I appreciate you taking time from your busy schedule to chat with me today about all the good work you're doing and all the tips for our present grad students and grad students to be. And thank you to Grad Life 601's podcast audience. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Join in next time to Grad Life 601 Research and Beyond when I'll be speaking with Hannah Clip, a PhD candidate in the West Virginia Cooperative Fish and Wildlife Research Unit, Division of Forestry and Natural Resources at WVU. She's an avid birder as well, and I can't wait to chat. Until next time. The Hazel Ruby McQueen Graduate Scholarship provides recipients with financial support for graduate study. More information about eligibility, benefits, and the application process can be found at graduateeducation.wvu.edu. Applications are due March 28th.